coming to you from a cozy little condo high atop old Fort Ward, Atlanta. Welcome, Welcome to The Ron Show on America One Radio. Here's your host, Ron Roberts. So much stuff to cover today, but I'm going to do a little personal stuff here first. By the way, welcome to The Ron Show. Thank you for listening on this hot as hell Wednesday afternoon, or maybe it's Wednesday evening, or maybe it's Thursday morning when you're listening. I appreciate that whenever you do on the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com, or wherever you podcast. One of my loyal listeners is actually just one of my really good friends, and he's also, by the way, now an American citizen. So I wanted to bring my friend Ludwig on. Ludwig, congratulations. How does it feel to now be an American citizen? Thank you so much. Uh, actually, it feels great. It feels like a closer chapter, and I don't have to be afraid of any change of government or law anymore. So it feels <laughs> it feels amazing. Did you think we were going to throw you on the other side of the wall and make you climb over it or something? At least I was waiting for the ice police to knock on my door once or twice. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it feels really good. Well, that's good, man. So how long did this process take for you from deciding you wanted to be an American citizen to applying to... T- tell us the process. Right. Um, it's from when I was 22 years old and I'm 40. So it's been very, very long. Actually, once I even thought it was never going to be possible to become a resident. So I decided to move to Panama from the Dominican Republic, where I'm originally in. And now finally did it. So... The whole residency to citizenship was six years, but the residency progress could have been 10 or 12 years. Wow. Why did you want to come to the United States from the Dominican Republic? I wanted to come to a place where people still care. And, uh, you know, I know we are in divided climate, but we still care. We still talk about it. Also, a place where whoever I want to be and whoever I want to do in my personal life does not interfere with my hopes and my right to be a person. So I, I always admire Barack Obama, which is truth. And Barack Obama has a lot to do with me becoming an American and loving the Stars Blank Banner. Okay, so that does go back to 2009, which now is 14 years ago. So I guess that, that sort of tracks. What's funny is like Ludwig and I are really close friends, but I have... I'm asking him questions that I've never had the chance to ask him before because we've never had this conversation, like why you wanted to come here. So when <laughs> when this process began, uh, listen, everybody that I meet amongst your inner circle who's from the Dominican Republic are friendly and engaging, loving people, accepting. Is the Dominican Republic itself not like that or was it not like that when this journey began for you? It is. It is uh, for foreigners. We are an islander, so we, are, we learn to be that friendly but however we are friendly people we are party people but that's yeah, not are. enough um it, it is a lack of it is a lack of many things but one thing is lack of is um liberty and understanding people who are not in social norms dominican republic is a very catholic governed country mm. with with uh, laws and and not a very nice attitude towards you know, professionals and people who come from different social backgrounds. Um, it's a third world country, and there's corruption and a lot of things that gets moved into it. Uh-huh. So it was not my place at all. I was depressed and not happy there. What I love is that Ludwig tells me all this stuff after he's convinced me to travel to the Dominican Republic in November <laughs> for his wedding. <laughs> yeah, it's a touristic point. Oh, so yeah. Be there. Just going to stay you in know. the resort. <laughs> You know, you just have to say, hey, he's single and has a green card. Believe me, everybody will be 
happy to have you there. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Uh, so your situation is vastly, I think, different than what we see from folks who are coming up to our southern border, a lot of whom are seeking asylum and running from not just the oppression that you speak of, but from actual violence and even the, the climate issues now are, are, are a thing. Uh, so does, does that give you a little bit of a sense of empathy when it comes to their plight and having gone through the process as you have for now more than a dozen years, you say? Actually, it gives me more love for them because I know how it feels, even that I might have some advantages. Like I did have a legal way to come here since my families are Americans. Mm-hmm. And I, I did a doctorate in HS Steel University in Arizona. So I had education that could open my doors right away. But I exactly know how it feels when people refer to you like you are a second class or an animal. So I, I feel more empowered, more love to them. The first thing I did the first thing I did when I got my citizenship process was uh, register to vote because that's all I can do right now. Because honestly, it just makes me sad when I see how uh, people use us. People use a lot immigrants for their own benefits. And mm-hmm. you see immigrants saying, talking and repeating things that sometimes makes no sense, but that's all they know. So no, it makes me love them even more. Huh. That's uh, fascinating. I, I have this dialogue all the time with folks who are conservatives that talk about our immigration situation, wholly unaware that their side of the political spectrum has really gummed up the works and made this such a tedious process and not even negotiating in Congress to do anything about the crunch of immigration. Um uh, but so remember, they do not negotiate to do nothing. They negotiate to do things against people who are just looking for their human rights to be respected, um, looking for a refuge, coming from countries yeah. where there's a war zone. It's a human right. It was signed in the 60s. Mm-hmm. We had our first lady, last name uh, Roosevelt, Eleanor, yeah. Yeah. Who, are, who we sent and signed that right. So it's not a discussion if it's a right or not. But till today, us as a country who led human rights uh, movement, we are still uh, not finding our way to respect them. Look at you talking like an American citizen already about us. <laughs> no, that's good. I'm ready. That's good. I'm ready. Yeah, no, get used to it. That's uh, that's that's fantastic. Well, listen, I've been paying too many taxes to be quiet. <laughs> uh, now you're starting to sound like a conservative. We're going to have you here too long. Anyway, listen, uh, I know you're heading to the passport office to go get your uh, your new U.S. based passport, yes. so that you too can go to your own wedding in the Dominican Republic in November. You better get on that. All right, man. I'm so happy to see you there. Thank you so much for giving the opportunity to be in the wrong radio show that I really follow and love. Cool. I appreciate it. All right. Good luck today. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. And I had to wish him good luck because he's going into the passport office, the uh, the main passport office here in Atlanta. Now, I got lucky. When I went and got my passport, the lady was very nice, but they're not all very nice. Uh, at the main passport office. And that is a process. You know, you take a number. He had an appointment, which I guess is different than what I had, because I literally went in and took a number and waited for like an hour and a half. He had an appointment, so hopefully it'll go a lot better for him. Uh, We had lunch today, uh, Ludwig and his fiance William, and uh, our friend uh, Thomas, and uh, Ludwig's uncle. We all had lunch at uh, this place that I'd never heard of before, but it was uh, next to, I believe, the Peach Cheat, Peachtree DeCab Airport. It was called uh, 57th Fighter Group 
restaurant. I'd never heard of this before. Um, yeah, so there we were by the DeKalb Peachtree Airport, where, oh, by the way, America's former mayor, Rudolph Giuliani, flew in so that he could go to the Fulton County Jail and get booked. And that'll be a $150,000 bond, sir. So actually, Giuliani got to where I was going to have lunch about 45 minutes before I did. CNN covered this. And I want you to listen to a little detail that CNN's reporter on the scene, Paula Reed, pointed out. Moments ago, this was Rudy Giuliani's plane landing in Atlanta. He is on his way at this moment, we believe, to the Fulton County Courthouse, where he will negotiate the terms of his bond agreement. Then he will report to the Fulton County Jail uh, and surrender there. The former mayor of New York City will surrender. We believe he'll be fingerprinted, have his mugshot taken. This is all as part of the Georgia case, the case against 19 people with charges that they allegedly tried to overturn the 2020 election results in Georgia. I want to note that those those photos of him arriving, that is not Hartsfield Jackson Airport, okay? Nope. He flew in here private. And this is a man who currently has seven figures in unpaid legal debt. And he has been using Bernie Carrick, the former New York police commissioner, has volunteered to help him. He's an unindicted co-conspirator in this case, but also a longtime friend of Giuliani's and has been helping him try to find a lawyer uh, to represent him in this case, despite his money woes. So it's notable that somewhere he got the money to be able to fly here to Georgia today private. That That is significant for someone who is in such debt and is unable yeah. to pay so many of their legal bills. Yo, I, I wouldn't just, in fact, I couldn't even afford to fly commercial if I had debt like that. <laughs> couldn't afford to fly. No, I, we didn't pick him up at the Greyhound bus terminal. We didn't, we didn't pick him up at the Amtrak station north of downtown, north of Midtown. He flew private and on a nice ass jet too y'all look i saw that when it was taking was it taking off maybe it was taxiing and I, wherever that plane was going we saw it when it went by and i pointed to this plane and i said i've flown a plane that size before and i joked to my friends i said yeah it was one of those little augusta to charlotte commuter plane things where they don't have flight attendants they have a cooler behind the pilot's chair and and the pilot will reach his hand behind him and pull the cooler top up and say, y'all want something to drink? Help yourself. <laughs> I was joking, but that's kind of how small those planes are. They do have, uh, I think, a flight attendant. But they could literally just put a cooler behind the pilot's chair and he could just prop it up and say, cold drinks in there when you want them. No, we, uh, we saw it. I didn't realize that that was Giuliani's plane until I was uh, leaving lunch our celebratory lunch with our new American citizen friend, Ludwig, uh, where I was listening to uh, WSB uh, giving their top-of-the-hour report, and they said, Giuliani flew in to Peachtree DeCab. I'm like, well, that was, that was right there. And they said he had just done that, and he was headed downtown. I'm like, well, maybe that was, sure enough, we were sitting there looking at his plane while having lunch uh, at that uh, 50, what is it called again? The 57th Fighter Group restaurant. By the it's hidden away. It was cool as heck to pull up past the, the Jeeps on the driveway. And neat little place. And the sandwich I had was like a steak sandwich. It was, I think it was called the 57th. It was fantastic. Ludwig wanted to have like an American, a very American lunch. 
And I don't know how they found that place, but I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, my <laughs> my suggestion when he asked, you know, wh- where we should go for something very American, I'm like, well, Cheesecake Factory, it's so opulent and uh, the food options are all over. The, the menu is like 12 pages long and lots of desserts. I can't think of anything more American than that. But they picked a better place. And it just so happens we got to see, apparently, uh, Rudy Giuliani's or someone's private jet that Rudy Giuliani got to use uh, taxiing at the Peachtree DeKalb Airport. Funny how that works out, right? Okay, so when we come back, we got lots more to talk about with uh, Rudy and Sidney Powell all swooping in to get that bond set. Uh, by the way, Sydney's was $100,000. We also have more Cop City details. Oh, my God. The city just keeps... I, I'm almost starting to think I have a theory about them doing this on purpose. So much more to discuss on the Wednesday Ron Show when we return on the America One Radio app, AmericaOneRadio.com, or wherever you podcast. Welcome back to the Ron Show for Wednesday. It is hot as hell. And I'm literally just going from my door to the car, car to another door, back from lunch to the car. It's hot. And if I'm hot, I know somebody who's out on the sidewalk watching all the shenanigans outside the Fulton County Jail has got to be sweating his brains out. I stopped by to drop off uh, a little Rancho coffee mug to my buddy Donnell Suggs at the Atlanta Voice. And the nice lady there said, oh, he's not here. I said, that's fine. Just leave it on his desk. That's cool. And I then thought, oh, my God, he's out there. And so I reached out to Donnell, and Donnell was out there. Donnell, how are you, buddy? I'm well, brother. You're right. It is hot. It was hot. I'm finally cooling off. Do uh, You're allowed to take water at these things, right? Because I know we're kind of sketchy about where we can take water anymore. We are because we're not going indoors. So that way they really can't police, quote unquote, no pun intended, mm-hmm. police that. People are coming in with Trump flags and uh-huh. water and cameras, obviously. I don't think it would be wise to bring firearms. Uh-huh. It's probably a bad idea. But um, no, there really isn't any uh, restrictions on what you can have because you're pulling over to a, on the side of the road or you're pulling into a parking lot and you're just there for now. Donnell, what is the scene like out there today with uh, Sidney Powell and with uh, Rudy Giuliani swooping in to uh, pay their bond and get booked and all that? What, what's the scene like that? A complete chaos. Uh, <laughs> it, last week, last week it was majority media. Mm. Two, sir, two Fulton County Sheriff's um, Department officers kind of blocking away a little bit, right. kind of keeping the peace, and that's it. Uh-huh. So it's mostly media looking at each other. Today, it was reminiscent of the of the very the very most busy days in front of the courthouse a week and a half ago, mm. but more, but more, because now what you're getting is face to face with one of the people that were indicted, and Julian is a big name. He's yeah. a, regardless of what you feel about him, he's nationally recognized. I'm a New Yorker. He helped clean up New York when I was I don't know in my early teens. Right. It was a big deal. It was a big deal. So he's a face that I would recognize anywhere. Mm-hmm. So today was much different. The energy today was chaotic compared to everything else that went on. So let me tap into that a little bit. You being a New Yorker, what is that like to see the the, the fall from grace of Rudy Giuliani from 9-11 to now? Now, Ron, now you know, you and I, we're brothers, so you know we talk frank here. Sure. Um, growing up in New York, again, he's the guy who cleaned it up. That said, he wasn't always the friendliest to black people. Well, I'm stopping so frisk. Stop right. frisk. Right. A lot of he, he virtually invented that. I mean, it happened in the 50s and 60s, but that was just racism. He invented <laughs> it as a system. Yeah. And so, so a lot of people who are my age, I'm 45 years old, so I grew up in the 80s and 90s. Mm. A lot of people who are my age aren't that aren't that fond of him, mm. but they respect the fact that after 9-11, he took a lead position. Yeah. He didn't sit there and cry about it and say, oh, well, I don't know what we're going to do. 
he was out there almost as much as Bush, more than Bush was, more than, saying, yeah. we're going to fix this. We're going to fix this now. So he always has that in the back of my mind. He was that guy. He's a Brooklyn guy like me. So I got to to see this fall from grace is amazing because he's an intelligent man. Mm. So you think, is this something having to do? I don't want to say I'm not going to be ageist. It shouldn't have anything to do with someone's age. I don't know what it is. Why'd you follow this guy? Because he knows who this guy is. Yeah. That's the crazy part. He knows him. Yeah. So he knows it's probably not going to end up uh, end up good. And clearly it's not. I keep hearing Michelle Obama when she was, I think, at a uh, a book event or something like that, where she was on stage and she 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 told her uh, whoever was the interviewer that the the secret that she wanted to share with people was that people like and she didn't mention Juliana, but she just mentioned that like people in high offices or, or places of power aren't as smart as we think they are. That's just what I keep hearing in my head when I think when I see the the Giulianis, the Donald Trumps. Uh, you know, and and just doing monumentally stupid things. It's it's amazing because again, the highlights. And when you pull up his dossier and you're looking at the highlights, at least not the lowlights, which are the last five six years. The highlights. They're very intelligent moves and very bold moves. Mm-hmm. Even even when he was DA taking on the mob, right? This guy was doing something a lot of people didn't want to touch in New York for a long time. So it's it's just hard to see him see seem so clownish now mm. but it's but but it is what it is i can't take away i'm not gonna you can't keep on getting extra credit for what you did 20 years in this case 30 years ago dude you're he looks crazy right now doing that and he's shaking hands outside of the jail he's taking questions which is very admirable because most people run straight to their car right this guy's taking questions he still says the election was stolen which is weird Wild. did you did you learn from that right <laughs> well he's, he's not fox news so he doesn't have to worry about the lawsuit Exactly, and he and he hasn't been instructed not to talk about this. It's not a part of his bond. So oh, that's talk- true. But but then again, Donald Trump was instructed not to talk about it either, and he's still on social media. Which takes me to right. my next question. I've got about two and a half minutes. What is tomorrow going to be like? What are you expecting? I'm expect okay for me and the Atlanta Voice. We will be there as when the crack of dawn. Even though it starts the ra- a rally, excuse me, a peaceful rally in support of President Trump. Okay, is what the flyer said. A peaceful rally is set to start at ten. We'll be there by seven. I expect a lot of his fans, just like today, and follow. I don't want to call people followers, fans, sycophants, whatever you want yeah, to call yeah, supporters. It's short for fanatics. Exactly. Uh, we'll be there. I'm expecting even more people because of the expectation is he's going to drive up soon. He's not driving up on that side. Mm-hmm. That side is, is for people who want to visit prisoners and people who go to work. There's another side of the jail on Jefferson Street, which is intake. Mm-hmm. So he will ultimately have to go that route. So I think the rallies will be on, on on what's called Rice Street side, which is the regular side of the jail. And I think people will start matriculating over to Jefferson Street. Again, it's behind the gate. It's behind the gate and barbed wire and steel. So you can't get in anyway. So it will all be about, hopefully he does what Giuliani does and decides to walk back to his car and address the media. Why would he do that? I don't see why he would. But... In case he does, we'll be there to cover it. TheAtlantaVoice.com. I kind of think he's going to talk to the media, though, because he wants to steal some of the thunder from the GOP debate that he's not going to be on the dais for in Milwaukee. And that's why I thought he was going to do it today to steal the shine. Mm. Like, do it at 5 o'clock today. Mm. Everyone's mind is on the stuff that he says. No one cares about 8 o'clock tonight. But he didn't do it. So he's going to have them have their piece. And if you're on that stage and you don't mention these allegations, you're a fool. You have to. You have to stress that this guy is potentially a criminal. Yeah. You have to stress that, but I mean, they love you. Well, there's like two candidates who will do it, and neither one of them are above five percent in in any of the polling that's showing recently. So that's that's the conundrum that they're under. 
Exactly. You can swing all you want. You're not reaching his chin. He's still way up there. He's still way up there. How? I don't know. And I don't need to know how. I know he's up there. Way up there. Well, and it just seems like he gets stronger with every bullet thrown at him. Every every indictment that drops, he goes up in the polls, which is... And he believes that. He, he said it, and yep. he believes it. Well, he yep. did tell us this. He told us this when he was running for the first time. I could shoot a man in broad daylight and wouldn't lose support. He's not. He's not losing support at all. He's picking up support. He said on Fifth Avenue, one of the most occupied pieces of land in this country, and no one would care. So, okay. We're with Donnell Suggs at the Atlanta Voice, theatlantavoice.com. So we're talking about Trump indictment and booking and mugshots. We also have to talk Cop City. I got to give you a few minutes to talk Cop City with me, Donnell, if you don't mind. Also, this month is National Black Business Month. And so I'm going to pick Donnell's brain a little bit and ask him for some of his favorite local Black-owned businesses so we can lift them up here on The Ron Show as well. Back in just a few minutes with Donnell Suggs at the Atlanta Voice on the America One Radio app, americaoneradio.com, or wherever you podcast. Broadcasting five days a week to make common sense common again. This is The Ron Show on America One Radio. I am with Donnell Suggs from the Atlanta Voice at theatlantavoice.com. He's been out there catching all the action outside the Fulton County Jail. Now that we've had Sidney Powell come in and get bonded out, $100,000 bond for her, $150,000 for Rudy Giuliani. And, and we know that the big man himself is going to have a larger bond tomorrow. When do we get mugshots? Anyway, I know Sheriff Labatt promised us mugshots. When do we get mugshots? And we will get those. Um, again, the normal process, normally with you and me, a mugshot will be available in 45 minutes. Mm. No big deal. We just got to process it and get it out and distribute it via email to whatever um, publications need it. And then obviously you and me, if you're like his mom or something, you have to go fill out a paperwork and you'd eventually get one email to you. It's yeah. public record. Right. With this, it's a bit much because everyone wants it. Now, granted, <laughs> with technology, you can spit those things out everywhere. Yeah. But it's going to take a little longer. A Rudolph Giuliani mugshot, a Donald Trump mugshot, is not going to be available to you within minutes. It's yeah. just not. It's just not. Because lawyers are fighting that. They're trying to find ways to probably to, to, to get that not to be public. But it's public knowledge. And in Fulton County, everyone gets one. I also happen to think that Donald Trump's probably going to personally autograph or, you know, get the autograph stamp done and then sell these things in limited quantities, you know, for fundraising efforts. It would be, dude, imagine that. Imagine him selling those mugshots online be, for $500 a piece. Be consistent, yeah. It would be consistent with him. That would. Like Trump like stakes and a degree from Trump University. Uh, so Atlanta is pretty much the epicenter of the nation right now, but on a local level, we have a pretty important story that we've been talking about for months now, and it just seems to be ramping up. The uh, Atlanta Public Safety Training Facility is likely headed to a referendum, but man, if the city's not trying to undo that, if at all costs, you've been paying attention to this story as much as anybody, uh, Donnell. Sure. T- t- talk to me. First of all, did you see that, that three-minute or so video that the uh, the, the public safety training center uh, facility social media folks put out. I had um, I had a private invite to listen in on the call. Uh-huh. A lot of media did, and some media didn't. I'm actually getting messages on Twitter now from some folks who did not get. Oh, the you're invite. talking about the presser today. I'm talking about right. the little the, the little flash video that the video. They, yeah. I oh. saw the flash video. Yeah, that was that was ham handed. Brutal, right? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't smart. Oh I wouldn't agree to that. We have a bunch of organizations that are giving the city hell for this, and they're not getting the media attention they want. So yeah. the city's trying to get in front of it, and mm. it's just not working. Yeah. It's not working. And a lot of folks aren't giving up on this. They don't want this. Yeah, They do not want this. 
Well, 104,000 signatures say that a lot of people don't want this. I mean, that's exactly. that's like a fifth of the uh, the population of the city of Atlanta right then and there. So right. were, were you privy to this presser that they had today with a handful of local media? I was, and, and, and it's a very small handful at that. Um, it's just one of those things where it's like, depending on what you wrote. Now, we weren't very complimentary in the city a lot, but we also didn't spend a lot majority of our energy on cop city every single day. So sure. we have so much stuff to cover. Mm-hmm. So we were, so we're friendly with the city, so to speak. So we were invited and I can't speak on every single word, but I'll say that, um, again, this is third party. Now this wasn't the city giving a presentation. This is a third right. party right. talking about this. That said, I just gotta be honest with you. No one likes this thing. Even people who don't care mm-hmm. don't like it. And the people who do care really don't like it. City was never going to look good on the end of this. The city would never look good. The mayor won't look good. Ugh. He won't. And he's not, and he's a great, I think he's doing a wonderful job. Otherwise, yes, I'm, I'm with you. I think otherwise, if you take Cop City out of the equation, uh, Andre is a shoe in for re-election, but this is going to hurt him. It's, it's, it's going to, there'll be a lot of voters. Now, again, we don't know who's running against him. Yeah. Somebody might, but you might not dislike, you just might not like the person that's running against him. Right. I think you'd be a fool to run against him right now unless you use Cop City as your platform. Mm-hmm. Well, well like I said, there, I mean, that, that person can count on 104,000 votes. He and never got he never got that. No, he did not. Because he, he's a very tight race. Yeah. I don't think the race will be t- as tight because the two candidates won't be as qualified. Mm-hmm. Actually, he was less qualified than, uh, than um, Felicia Moore, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. But that said, um, he's going to lose a lot of popularity with this, but I feel like it won't matter in two years. Unfortunately, there's so much going on in Atlanta, man. That news, that news needle is moving so fast. People will not forget. They won't forget it. But I was at a recent rally, and it was like twenty um, protesters. And I remember this thing being hundreds of people. Yeah. At one point. So. Well, but talk to me about this. We we have 104,000 votes minimum on on, on these petitions. If and those people vote, if those people vote, if those people all. vote, yeah, you're right. But but at the same time, and again, that, that may not mean that everyone on those on those petitions want to vote against the public safety exactly. training. They just want it on the referendum. They're just saying, they yeah, I think this should be voted on. So that's something to consider. But at the same time, how how does this work for the Democratic Party in 2024 when the local Democrats in public office in the city of Atlanta are leaning in on signature matching? And I know that the presser today tried to tap dance around that, but they're still going to use a measure of signature matching when the state Democratic Party fought so hard to get and Stacey Abrams and Fair Fight Action and like more than 20 organizations called them out for going to use that after the state party railed against it and had it removed from the from the state's process. How do do they go to these same people in 2024 and say, hey, we want you now to door knock for us? And that's why that's why a short memory is very important or rather a long memory, excuse me, because at one point you didn't want this. And now we're looking to use it as validation. And it's just weird how that how that works out, how some things work in one way for some people and it works for another way when you need it. So I don't think that's going to fly. I think it's going to be like, wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. We knocked this. We didn't like this at one point. We fought for this not to be a validation. And now you're saying, no, look how many we got. So it's just weird how that works. I don't, I just, I just think that we have a short memory in this city because there's so many things happening. And now that it seems to be the epicenter of politics in America, not the South, in mm-hmm. America, it, it's just, they got to stay strong because yeah, you have 104 signatures and 104,000, excuse me. And that's awesome. That shows the power of the people. But that said, like, that's just a step, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think in two years, 
I don't know if they care if people care as much. I hope they do. Well, it's not two it's years. Good. I mean, we're 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 literally twelve months away from 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 general election season. You know, conventions are going to be happening or done by now, a year from now. And that's going to make a difference. But I mean, we got to put those numbers. Those numbers need to come to the polls too. Then. Yeah. No. No. I mean, I feel you on that. But that's my worry as as someone who is left of center. How does the Democratic Party go through? Either this will be on the November ballot or on the March ballot. On, on a March ballot, and hopefully all will be forgiven and forgotten, and we'll you know all get together in a circle and sing Kumbaya. But uh, there are some pretty hardened feelings right now. A lot of people have been fighting and for this for a long time and been treated a certain way because they're fighting for it mm-hmm. and not being heard. They may be being heard. They kind of sort of being heard like that one night at City Hall, but not really even getting anywhere. So yeah. there's some hard feelings on this. There's some hard feelings, and this is not going to go away instantly. But it better be just as strong and just as prevalent when. March, I think March of next year comes around. I don't know about November. I just don't. I just don't. Yeah, well, I, I think that's. I think that's one of the reasons why the city is kind of leaning in on the signature match thing. If they're thinking it's right. going to happen in November, they they, right. they they realize they're on a time crunch. Hey, Donnell, bef- before I let you go, I I, I can't do this without uh, recognizing that August is National Black Business Month, and sure. uh, Atlanta is a hub for black-owned business. Your employer, the Atlanta Voice itself, a black-owned business, and also a, a hub for information for the African-American community and the community at large. I mean, I'm not black and I check y'all out all the time, but thank you, sir. talk to me about like some of your favorite businesses, the ones that you like to visit frequently. Let's give them a shout out. It's, it, I think it's, it's time to raise some voices and some names on some businesses that folks need to check out. I mean, it's, it's not all, it's not all soul food and barbershops, you know? No, it's not. No, it's not. How about Jake's ice cream, which by the way is co-owned by a black woman. Now, Jake is not as a white male. I get that. And it's on the belt line. So you wouldn't assume that a very popular ice cream shop is co-owned by a black woman. We have a story on her today online and it's running in print. It's owned by a black woman. I think that that business needs to thrive because they just opened a new location in Hapeville. Okay. So that's, that's something that you wouldn't casually know yeah. because she might not be at the front counter right. telling you that. Right. She's scooping ice cream and being busy. You won't know that's her. That's the co-owner of that. Okay. So, Let's do that. Let's do that. Shay, oh gosh, now I'm forgetting her last name. I just wrote the story. But her first name is Shay. She's very friendly. She's at Hapeville, mm-hmm. and she's on the belt, on Westside Beltline. That's a great business. Okay. Another one that I think is really good that might not be necessarily right here in the city, but I think it's really good is Nouveau Bar and Grill in Jonesboro. Nouveau, N-O-V-E-A-U, Bar and Grill. Nice restaurant. It's, it looks like something that you would see in Atlanta. Okay. But it's in Jonesboro, downtown Jonesboro on Main Street. You can't miss it because okay. There's not any restaurants on Main Street besides Slutty Vegan and them. Uh-huh. Wonderful black-owned business. Been there a couple of years. Started in College Park. That's the first location. Mm-hmm. She opens one in Jonesboro, and it's doing really well. It's a fine, I wouldn't call it fine dining. I would call it a casual, very nice casual dining restaurant in a city that barely has any besides fast food. Mm-hmm. So I think that's wonderful. There's a female owner there, black female. I think mm-hmm. that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, because not all barbershops and soul food restaurants. We own other things, too. Well, and you may, you also mentioned the Slutty Vegan, which is uh, uh, right. you know locally derived and and, and African American owned as well. hundred percent. And they're open, and they're thinking about opening a new West Town, West Midtown uh, franchise. We just got word from one of my business supporters that they're doing that. Her name is uh, Janelle Ward. She covers business for us, uh-huh. and she just got wind of that. So there might be another Slutty Vegan. Not that right. we have enough. Hey, that'll that'll alleviate the time you went online at the other ones. Well, so. yeah, I was gonna say take some of the heat off my Edgewood location so I can get in there a little bit easier. That'd be exactly. fine by me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> chance to get a burger. I mean, really, you know? I mean, it, 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 no. they they get a little busy. It takes a minute. I get it. They do. They All do. right, Donnell Suggs at the Atlanta Voice, man. Thanks for being on the scene. Thanks for reporting for us and uh, keeping us informed on what's going on throughout uh, Atlanta and Fulton County as these big shots start getting them mug shots. 
I appreciate you having me. And if you need me tomorrow, let me know. I appreciate that. Uh, go back to your desk, get that coffee mug and use it either for pens, for coffee, whatever you want to use it short. Just put it on that desk so everybody can see. I sure will. I'm looking forward to getting it tomorrow. All right, buddy. Take care. Have <laughs> a good you, one. Mm-hmm. You too. Incidentally, if you haven't done this yet, uh, while we still have Twitter, <laughs> you can follow the Ron Show at Ron Show ATL on Twitter. I did retweet the promo video. It, th- this is literally a promo video from the Atlanta Public Safety Training Center, which now has its own Twitter account and all of 82 followers. Now, listen, my, my show is kind of new, so I don't have a whole lot of followers either. But the Atlanta Public Safety Training Center now has a Twitter that launched in July and has 82 followers. Uh, they released a promo video that I promise you, I'm not putting a phone up to the microphone. The audio quality is what it is and i'm telling you the video footage and quality of said video footage matches the audio quality listen to this a new center for atlanta's finest a public training center not just for police and fire but for the people who live work and visit georgia's capital city the crown jewel of the south the place we call home atlanta The Atlanta Public Safety Training Center for the best and the best trained agencies in the state. The most committed to protecting and serving everyone. Yes, yes, there's been criticism, but most of it based on misinformation. This public safety training center is vital to producing firefighters and police officers who will keep you safe when it matters most, no matter the situation. A training center with a park situated next to 300 acres a public safety training center fulfilling a 30-year promise that the city of Atlanta will be there and support our first responders like they will be there for us. So I have a small studio in the spare bedroom of my two-bedroom condo here in Old Fourth Ward. And you hear the quality such as it is. I mean, maybe if you have really good hearing... Sometimes you can hear the dryer going on in the background, right? You might even be able to hear, can you hear the air conditioning running? Maybe sometimes there'll be a fire truck on Freedom Parkway or Boulevard or both. And you might hear that, although I tend to stop so that I can let that happen and you not have to deal with it. But do you hear my audio quality versus the voiceover quality of that? We are being asked as citizens of the city of Atlanta to help fund a $90 million public safety training facility. And that's the quality of audio and visual production you get. Never mind that, okay, so this happened a couple nights ago. I went to Chin Chin to get some dinner uh, in front of the former Murder Kroger. It is just a Kroger now on Ponce. I came back and I live in a concrete building. The condominium building I live in is a mostly concrete building. It is tribute lofts. Uh, It is mostly concrete, except there are some, you know, drywall inside between the, it's a mostly concrete building. But when the fire alarms go off, I I mean, any noise echoes through concrete, but when the fire alarms go off, holy smokes, it is like, it'll drive you nuts to sit in the building. So you, you want to get out, right? Well, I get back, fire alarms going off. There are people all on the sidewalk with their dogs and I run up to get my cats and I don't know how long it's been going on, but I literally had to pull them out from underneath the sofa, like inside the sofa. Poor Dooley. She was traumatized, literally traumatized. 
Uh, I did put some tape over the noisemakers that the fire system puts off. It turned out to be nothing. I think somebody was cooking something in one of the live work units and they got a little smoky and their smoke alarm is connected to the entire building, which I think is kind of something of a design issue. But um, nonetheless, the alarm just kept going and going and going for a good 15, 20 minutes. And finally, I got tired of it. I called 911. And it turns out that, you know, because of a city of this size with buildings of this size, they're all tied in so that they get notifications right away and Atlanta fire is, is dispatched right away. Although I never heard sirens of the fire engine pulling up to the building. They did eventually show up to figure out no big deal and turn the system off because this was after hours. So we don't have like building management here. Can I just tell you when I called 911, I got the, your call is important to us. I did. And uh, I selected whatever number was I was told to select. If this is an emergency, so I, because I wanted to make sure that they knew and would come shut this thing off, right? I wasn't sure they, the automation worked. I mean, the uh, sprinkler system here is the problem, the culprit in a lot of cases, because they have a water pressure issue, the alarms will go off. Anyway, I'm calling them because I'm not sure that they're getting notifications, right? So... <laughs> I didn't get anybody on the phone for like four minutes. 911 in Atlanta, Georgia. Nobody picked up. If that hadn't been their automated fire situation, what if I'd been attacked by somebody? Four minutes, I'd be dead. Four minutes. And so I hung up. And their 911 is set up to call you right back, but not with a live human being. Again, with their automation. If this is a real emergency, press one. If not, blah, 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 blah. Y'all, so I hung up again. Because the options weren't like, if it's not a big deal, just let us know. No, I hung up. It called back. Again, automated response. I hung up again. I called back. Or it called me back. Automated response. So finally, I just decided to suck it up. I was like, well, let me press one. So I can talk to somebody and they can stop the automation from calling me. And I got put on hold again. Obviously, 911 in Atlanta is understaffed, which means it's underfunded. We don't have money for that. But we have money for an Atlanta public safety training facility that their PR department or whoever handles public relations for the Atlanta Police Foundation or the City of Atlanta Police Department can't put together a better sizzle video than what you just heard and what I shared at RonshowATL on Twitter. And we'll have in today's show notes at RonshowATL.com. I don't need better marketing for the public safety training facility. I need to be able to know that I can call 911 if I'm being attacked and that somebody will pick up right away and that help will be coming my way because a plot of land in DeKalb County isn't going to save my ass when I'm calling 911. Back after this on The Rock Show on the America One Radio app, americaoneradio.com or wherever you podcast. Welcome back to The Ron Show, final segment for Wednesday. And as we were talking earlier with Donnell... Scruggs with the Atlanta Voice. Lo and behold, the mugshots are coming out. Rudy's. Oh my gosh. Uh, Rudy's is out there. Uh, we do have a few more actually popping up as well. I just saw some. Oh, by the way, hang on. I'll tell you about the uh, the party that's being thrown uh, for Donald's uh, appearance tomorrow. Uh, first of all, we have mugshots from uh, Ray Smith, Kathy Latham, Kenneth Cheeseboro, uh, Scott Hall, former Georgia GOP chair, David Hall, and uh, 
John Eastman, former Trump attorney John Eastman. I mentioned this. Uh, there's a place called Sweet Lounge uh, and Restaurant. They have risen to the occasion announcing a Welcome to Rice Street party to be held tomorrow night uh, at the, the Sweet Lounge. And, of course, uh, Fulton County Jail is where Trump and the other 17 folks indicted in connection with their attempt to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Um, the Sweet Lounge is located on Rice Street as well. Uh, <laughs> They're on Instagram. Breaking news, Thursday, August 24th. We're having a hashtag Welcome to Rice Street Party uh, at Sweet Lounge ATL for you know who. The business posted this on its Instagram account, complete with the song Welcome to Atlanta by Jermaine Dupree and Ludacris. Good on them for hopping on that. I'm going to guess that that's probably not a place that Trump rally goers will be wanting to go to, but you never know. You never know. So Marjorie Taylor Greene is in Milwaukee, although Donald Trump is not going to be on the debate stage tonight. He has travel arrangements that I'm sure he's uh, packing for, maybe prepping for. Uh, So there will be no Donald Trump on the GOP primary debate stage tonight. He is taking the, I'm in the lead, I don't need to give my opponents opportunities to take shots at me, although I kind of think this might be an opportunity for his opponents to take shots at him. The problem is there aren't enough Republicans who will take a shot at him. And because there are so few of those who will, and they're not getting any traction, because there are so many who won't, who already have the Trump stain, again... (laughs) How did I say this yesterday with uh, George Cheedy? They're like the Tupperware that you had spaghetti in. You can't get that color off. You can't get that orange, literally orange, off of the Tupperware. I guess my point is because there's not anywhere near unanimity within the GOP, let alone on the debate stage tonight, to issue itself of Donald Trump, to collectively say as an organized party, Sorry, his time is up. It's time to move on. This man did things we are not proud of because they won't even go that far outside, again, of Chris Christie, Asa Hutchinson, candidates who are getting no traction because there is no near unanimity from the rest of the party. Nobody on that dais really stands much of a chance of taking the guy down. The only thing that gives any one of those candidates a chance is the unpredictable. The 14th Amendment somehow gets used and he's disallowed from running for the presidency again. But there's there's no appetite for that with elected Republicans in Washington either. Because again, there's no near unanimity within the GOP. The GOP can't get out of its own way to move forward. They want to stop talking about 2020. They want to stop talking about January 6th. Oh, it's time to move on. It's time to look forward. But look who's in the lead. And that lead is growing. And because they would rather scream partisan politics and point to the Democrats who are just citing laws that are on the books that were broken and the ample evidence that shows that they were broken— the Republican Party's not going to get out of its own way. This is a self-inflicted wound, and we're watching we're watching a party bleed out. And will it die? I don't know, but it's bleeding out. <laughs> Governor Brian Kemp is in Milwaukee as well, there with other Republicans, closed-door meeting, trying to discuss how they can woo young voters. Are you kidding me? That's a waste of airfare, my man. 
the party that wants to do nothing about gun issues, the party that wants to do nothing about climate change, the party that wants to disenfranchise. Vivek Ramaswamy wants to raise the voting age to 25, and there's Brian Kemp trying to figure out with Republicans how to woo young voters. Uh, okay. Enjoy the trip, buddy. Hope you got some souvenirs on the way back. That's it for The Ron Show. Back tomorrow, 5 to 6 p.m. on America One Radio, AmericaOneRadio.com, or wherever you podcast afterwards.